Welcome to the Real Marathon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best in film each and every week. I'm your host, Rob Carraher, and we have made it to Oscar Sunday in what has been the longest award season we we have ever seen. Uh, it, it seems kind of weird that we, we finally made it to today, um, and it's... It's going to be a much shorter uh, season between now and in the na- next o- Oscars as a result of that. Um, but I'm excited. Today is a sort of like a second Christmas for me. Um, and I, I wish that I could have done a little bit more to celebrate today. But uh, with pandemic and everything, um, that will have to wait until next year. Um, but I can't wait to watch tonight's show. Uh, is going to be unique because of the way that they are going about it. Um, from everything that I have heard, they are putting a lot more production into making it feel more like we are watching a movie. Um, and and so, yeah, it's going to be a fun experience. I can't wait to watch it, um, and I'm going to be glued to my seat. Uh, I will probably be uh, making some comments on both the Facebook page and on Twitter, um, and, and kind of just watching and communicating as, as we go along, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, so today, what is today going to look like? Today is going to look like, or today's show is going to look like, um, I'm going to go through every category. I am going to share with you who I think is going to win each category who I would have voted for if it were uh, my ballot. And uh, I may even include in some cases some films that I think got left out that that probably should have gotten in. Um, Just having a little bit of a discussion about uh, each category and um, some of the big notable things about each one. Uh, Hopefully... If you are filling out a last-minute Oscar pool and uh, want some advice on some of these categories, that uh, maybe maybe this will um, help you out with some of those. Um, regardless, uh, it will be fun to kind of see how how well I do. It's it's an interesting year. There's a lot of things that uh, will go against um, some of the general trends because of the elongated. Um, elongated schedule uh, because of the fact that many of the big players, um, the big companies, they didn't uh, really have any any big movies in play for this year um, because things have shifted a little bit because of the uh, streaming services. Uh, there is some concern that voters aren't really voting this year. Some voters didn't see everything. And um, that could change the way that the the awards play out. Uh, there have been some surprises along the way. There are a few categories that are very competitive, and it's going to be kind of a coin flip or a roll of the dice to decide who is going to end up being that uh, award winner. Um, but there is a, a lot. There's going to be a lot to, to how all of this uh, plays out. Um, so, out of the 56 movies nominated, 
I really wanted to get through and watch all of them. I ended up a little bit short uh, on being able to see all of them. I saw 51 out of the 56 uh, that were nominated, um, and that includes the short films. Um, so there are a few categories where I probably am not as good of an expert on because I didn't get a chance to see everything in there. Um, but I can, for the most part, they are areas in which I feel um, as if if I can make a call on them without having seen the entire film because they are technical category um, technical category films. So, with that said, we're gonna get going here as soon as we get back from this break. Uh, I'm gonna start from the bottom and work my way up, and we'll split this. Um, between kind of the uh, below-the-line categories, so anything that's uh, under um, write the writing categories, so a lot of the technical stuff, start with those, and then um, we'll finish it out with the big-time categories, and uh, it's just going to be a celebration of this year in film and talking about what is going to happen uh, at tonight's Oscar award ceremony. So stay right there. And when we come back from this break, we are going to begin talking about the short films. Welcome back. And right now we are going to be talking about the uh, short film categories. I know we just did a show on this last week. But uh, in order to kind of bring everything full circle and um, reiterate some of the things that I was talking about, um, we are we're gonna go over those again. So let's start with the best live action because this is this is the one category where my personal favorite is a little bit different from who I think is going to win. Um, and so the t the film that I would have voted for if I had an Oscar ballot is the Letter Room. Um, and I think it's just a really well done, well done film. Um, it has some good performances and, uh, I really enjoyed the message that it, it was trying to send. Um, it's something that we don't probably talk about enough when it comes to, uh, prisoners and humanizing them and recognizing that despite how terrible of acts that they have done, uh, that they are still human beings and so that, that would be my personal pick for best live action. Now, I think that the short film Two Distant Strangers, um, which is currently on Netflix, is going to be uh, the winner here. Uh, it feels like the right time. It is a film that, that talks about police brutality. Uh, there are some folks that believe that um, this may be be not not quite the right tone because there's um, some comedic elements to it, uh, but I I think it is taking a topic that is very uncomfortable and uh, in order to make it a little bit more uh, easily digested, um, they they do take a lighter approach to it and I think it works um, despite what some folks might think, but. Maybe it does rub some people the wrong way, and so there is a chance that uh, the letter room could end up winning this category. Um, I think that there also is a chance that the film Feeling Through, 
also wins this category. Uh, those three films were were my favorite. Um, I thought that they they all were very good, um, and any of them would be a a worthy winner. Feeling through is probably the most feel good uh, film out of the bunch. Um, they, they there also seems to be a uh, push in Hollywood to try to be more inclusive and. Uh, make films that are representative of um, folks that are differently abled. And so you have movies like Sound of Metal this upcoming year. I think the film Coda is going to be a big uh, player. And Feeling Through deals with uh, the a man who is both deaf and blind and kind of how he uh, manages to get through life here. Um, and it's a, a movie about compassion. Um, so it could end up winning. I would not be surprised if it ends up winning. But right now I think I have that in my third slot. The other two, The President and White Eye, I don't think either of those have a good shot. Uh, if one of them wins, I think it would be a shock. So that's the best live action category. Uh, for best documentary short category, um, I have... The film A Love Song for Latasha, which is also a Netflix film. Um, I have that winning. Uh, this category is a little all over the place. Um, I've heard people say that they have pretty much every film in here has been mentioned as people's favorite um, on social media. And that's not necessarily the case for many of the other categories across the board at the Oscars. Um, there isn't, doesn't seem to be a consensus as to what people's favorite film is. Um, a Love Song for Latasha was also my favorite film in this category, so if I were a voter, that's what I would be voting for. Um, and uh, I think it's going to win. I do. I th once again, it's timely dealing with uh, the way in which um, black communities are impacted uh, by gun violence, are impacted by um, systemic racism. And so it, it just feels like the right fit here. Um, a lot of people think that the film Hunger Ward is, doesn't have a shot at winning. It is a very difficult film to sit through. Uh, like I said in my previous podcast, I felt legitimately nauseous while watching this at times. Um, and uh, But I, I thought it was a fantastic film in the way that it was made. Um, and uh, its underlying message of we, we should be better uh, as a world. Um, so I have that as my number two, two movie here because uh, I think that it could speak to the Academy um, just because it is uncomfortable. But uh, a lot of folks think that um, a concerto is a conversation has a really good chance at winning. Uh, this has a lot to do also with race and, um, it, it ultimately is a pretty feel good short film. Um, I think that it's not quite long enough, uh, which makes it, makes it hard to, uh, have the same impact as some of these other films. Um, but I, I guess I could see a situation where it wins. Uh, number one, the subject, the the main gentleman who's in it, 
he is part of the film industry. Um, and so that may work to his favor. Uh, and because it does deal with race, um, that might end up being the winner. But I still, my, my bet is on a love song for Latasha. Um, I think there is a world where Do Not Split ends up winning with all the protest that's been going on here in the United States, being able to have a comparison film um, that deals with what is going on in Hong Kong. Uh, that that could uh, end up being victorious, but I just don't think it quite fits the bill for this moment, um, and so I don't think that's going to win. And then Colette, I think if you had uh, had this short film that came out even 10 to 15 years ago, that probably would win because it is a Holocaust film, and uh, that that just it it speaks to a lot of Oscar voters, and um, there's a reason that it's in this category. Um, it is a uh, emotional experience, but I think it is a film that we've seen before, um, and, and so the Academy, I, I believe, will be looking to reward something that is uh, a little more um, timely. So... We're going to go with the love song for Latasha. That would be my personal preference. All right, best animated film. In the best animated film category, I believe it is going to be the film If Anything Happens, I Love You. This would also be my personal preference. Once again, it's another Netflix film. I think Netflix uh, has maybe found a um, way to win some Oscars by... Uh, tapping into a category that probably isn't as competitive when it comes to um, campaigning, just because they don't have the same sort of budget. Um, and so I think that uh, they are going to have a good chance of being competitive and winning all three of these categories. And frankly, they may end up raising the bar a little bit for the shorts categories as we move forward. Um, because they have been able to become a more major player. Um, their biggest competition here is Burrow, which is a Disney film. And I think Disney has been able to kind of own this animated category a lot of years. And uh, I would not be surprised if it ends up winning here. Um, but the ultimately, the film is good, uh, but it it doesn't necessarily have a, a political message, which I feel like these short films allow us to um, reward some topics that are politically relevant. And because anything happens, I love you, deals with uh, loss, and in particular loss when it comes to gun violence um, and mass shootings. Uh, I think that the Academy is going to want to uh, reward that film. Um, but like I said, I think Burrow has a shot um, and may end up uh, being victorious. The thing about these short categories is that there just isn't a lot of data to help support the decisions that you make. So the chances of having surprises in these categories are much greater than many of the other categories. Um, so... Even though um, I feel fairly confident about my choices, uh, I th 
would not be surprised at all to see something else end up winning. Um, the other three films, uh, I don't think either, any of them have a shot at winning this animated category. Um, yes, People definitely does not because it's just not that interesting of a film, doesn't have anything bigger to say, um, and it's kind of just silly. Um, but uh, Genius Losi and Opera, um, they both have some interesting concepts. Uh, they just aren't going to become victorious uh, in this category. So I think it's going to be, if, it, if anything happens, I love you. But if it is it is not, it will be Burrow. Um, my pick would be, if anything happens, I love you. Um, that's what I would end up voting for if I were an Oscar voter. Um, let's move on now to our uh, other categories. So... Uh, we're going to talk about best international film now. Um, the international film category, I have not been uh, quiet about how it bothers me a little bit that um, we we kind of have this side category to almost excuse ourselves from nominating some of these uh Films with that are subtitled, in not nominating them in the best picture category. Uh, some of that's changed a little bit over the past few years, but um, this just it, it almost seems like an excuse of a category. It's like, see, where we are still uh, recognizing these films. Um, the other part about this is that. Um, it becomes a little confusing because some of the films that can be nominated in this category are not eligible for the other categories because they are technically not within that film year. So there's a film, Quo Vadi Saida, which uh, is potentially a um, dark horse to win this category. But that film is not qualified to, uh, it couldn't be up for Best Picture, it couldn't be up for a lot of the other categories, um, because it will be included in next year's Oscars. So we still might see this film pop up next year in some of these other categories. Uh, but for international film, um, it, it's just a little bit different. Uh, I still believe the film Another Round is going to win this category, um, however, there is an outside chance that Quo Vadis Eda may end up pulling off an upset. And if I had an Oscar ballot, that is the film that I would be voting for. Um, it is a film about uh, the Bosnian conflict, and it has a very, uh, like, Hotel Rwanda um Schindler's List sort of feel to it. Pretty depressing, beautiful film, great performances, um, and it's just a really, really well-executed film. Um, I think in maybe a different year where things weren't released kind of at weird times, that this film may have had a better shot at winning. That is not to take anything away from another round, which is an entertaining and thought-provoking film. Um, 
but uh, I, I just I think when we get down the line, um, Quo Vadis Eda is going to be one of those films that will be uh, remembered as impactful in the, the commentary that it has on the uh, Bosnian conflict. And, um, you know, that that is kind of important to all unto itself, is that uh, it, it is going to have a long... Uh, lasting impact on the the film industry. Um, so yeah, we're gonna see. I think, like I said, that would be if I if I was a voter, I would have voted for Kovadis uh, Ada. Um, it would be pretty close. I really did like another round, um, but uh, that that would be my pick. I think another round is going to win. Uh, Collective, Better Days, and The Man Who Sold His Skin. Uh, they were all fine films. I There I, there are parts of each that I really liked. Uh, I did really like Collective. Um, and the fact that it is also in that documentary category um, is an interesting. Uh, that it ended up in both of these. Um, it, I don't think it has a shot to win in either uh, category. Um, Better Days has some things that are problematic about it uh, that makes it maybe not as um, as well-rounded of a film. Uh, I can say kind of the same thing for The Man Who Sold His Skin. They both were very interesting films, though. Um, I would have liked to see... Uh, there's a film called Dear Comrades which deals with uh, some conflicts in Russia. It kind of has a similar feel to Quo Vadis Ida. Um, it was really well done, has a great performance. Um, and I I would have liked to see that in this category. Uh, maybe over either Better Days or The Man Who Sold His Skin. Probably over Better Days. Um, and uh, that, that would have been kind of cool to see that film in this category. Uh, Admittedly, uh, I haven't seen a lot of the foreign films that would have qualified for this just because they are not as readily available. Um, I believe you can watch all five of these on Hulu now. Uh, I believe they are now all available on Hulu. Um, I highly recommend watching them uh, just because I think they have some interesting things to say. Um, and, uh, there, there is something to be said about, uh, seeing films from other cultures and, uh, recognizing some of the messages that they are trying to convey. Um, and I, I think it expands our, uh, world view. So, uh, once again. I think this is going to be another rounds category uh, that I think is the safe bet, but I would not be surprised in the least to see Quo Vadis Eda uh, come out as the victor here in a little bit of a surprise. All right, our next category is Best Documentary. And in Best Documentary, um, this seemed like it was probably a pretty open race when uh, the nominees were announced. But since that time, Netflix's 
my octopus my octopus teacher has really started to clean up a lot of the precursor uh, award shows and I think it's gonna win here um, it is not your typical film uh, in this category uh, it's not the sort of film that typically wins but I think in a year that has been tumultuous and people are looking for something that has a slightly different message I think this film is going to end up being victorious um, and it is my personal preference it is the film I would be voting for in this category um, in fact you will see uh, that at, at the end of the show I'm going to announce my top 10 movies of the year and this film is included in that uh, in that list um, so yeah that would be my my favorite uh, and I think it is going to win the one spoiler I think that could come in and end up taking this is uh, the film Crip Camp uh, this is also a Netflix film uh, it is produced by the Obamas uh, they won last year and so we're going to find out if they have the firepower to kind of override this category and potentially um, come up with an upset here uh, tonight. I would not bet on it, but kind of like the the last category for international film, uh, it, it wouldn't overly surprise me. Um, I think the film Time also could... Uh, end up winning this category. There's been a lot of talk about time winning this category. Uh, my personal belief about that film is that it's not that good. Uh, I've really wanted to like it. Um, I think it has some important things to say, um, but I didn't think it was over overly well, or I didn't think it was overly um, well organized. Uh, the editing wasn't particularly great. It was a little bit hard to follow. Um, it took a little while to really truly know what the film was trying to say. Um, and uh, I just didn't care for it. Um, and I'm, I wonder if uh, a lot of other folks in the Academy will feel the same way and therefore it won't win. Um, so. I think that's the third film there. I think Collective would be the fourth, and then I think The Mole Agent um, would be fifth. The Mole Agent's an interesting film, uh, maybe a little bit more uplifting, uh, but I don't think it has a shot in hell <laughs> to be able to win this category. Um, so uh, I'd put your money on the, My Octopus Teacher. Uh, it is the best film out of the bunch, in my opinion, um, and I think that it will be pretty exciting to watch this this film win uh, best documentary at the Oscars tonight. Um, I highly recommend watching it if you haven't done so. It is on Netflix, um, so pretty easy to access. Um, so that is the best documentary category. All right, let's talk about best animated feature. So for best animated feature, this one is probably the easiest category to predict. It is going to be Soul. Um, Wolf Walkers maybe has a very, very, very outside chance at pulling an upset. But it's just not going to happen. Um, it is between the two of those. Um, and uh, I think Soul should win. That would be my personal preference. I did like Wolf Walkers. Um, I also liked Onward. Um, 
a Shaun the Sheep movie was my fourth, uh, the, the Farmageddon. Um, that's my fourth choice. And then my last one would be Over the Moon. Um, Over the Moon was an interesting film. It uh, didn't quite have the focus that I would have liked, uh, but it has some good songs. And I actually think that it, it probably should have popped up in um, in the best original song category uh, because the songs actually have an impact on the film. But it didn't, so uh, that is that. Um I did like the Willoughby's, which uh, did not get nominated. I thought that that would have been a worthy nominee, maybe over Over the Moon. Um, it's another Netflix film. Um, but it, it is what it is. doesn't really matter because Soul is going to win this category. Take it to the bank and um, make that your bet. All right, the next category is Best Original Song. This is one of the categories that is going to be close to impossible to actually project. Um, it's a shot in the dark. Anybody who thinks they know who the winner is um, with 100% certainty is lying to you. And uh, there's going to be people bragging, oh, I told you so, I told you so. Well, I don't think there's any way to truly know what's going to win this category. Um, my pick... And the one that I would actually uh, have voted for is Speak Now from One Night in Miami. I think it will give the Academy an opportunity to not only um, give an award to this film that mostly did not get any love, um, but also to give an award to Leslie Odom Jr. because he's not going to win his category for Best Supporting Actress. Um, and, uh, I think that it, it probably should win here. Um, so that is Speak Now from One Night in Miami. Uh, I think the song Seen from The Life Ahead could potentially win. This is Diane Warren, who has a history with the Oscars. She hasn't won yet. Um, so they may end up giving it to her. Um, and I think that that makes things a little bit complicated. Uh, I also think that uh, Husevik, my hometown from Eurovision Song C Contest, the story of Fire Saga, also could potentially win. Uh, I hate this is one of the few films I haven't so There are only five films that I haven't seen, and uh, the life, life ahead in this category, and Euro Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Uh, I haven't seen either of those films. But um, out of all of these songs, uh, Husevik, My Hometown, sounds like it has the most um, integral part of the film, and that might play well to the Academy. Um, so I think that that could potentially win. I don't think it's going to be Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah or Hear My Voice from... The Trial of the Chicago 7, but like I said, this category is completely up for grabs, and um, I do not feel confident in actually predicting any one of those songs to end up walking away uh, with the Oscar tonight. Um, so, my shot in the dark guess is that it will be One Night in Miami, Speak Now, and it is also my personal preference. Like I said in the last category, I think there are some better songs out there. Um, I'd like to see more stuff from musicals. 
Um, so a film like Over the Moon had a handful of songs. They could have chosen any number one, any number of them, and it probably would have been my pick uh, if I were a voter in this category. Um, and in a way, I almost feel as though this category should be done away with, or they should uh, have greater regulations about what qualifies, because I don't particularly like that they award songs that are just played during the credits. Number one, it doesn't have as lasting of an impact on the film. Number two, a lot of people are walking out of the theater while those songs play, so they don't even hear the song um, in its entirety. So to award the songs for the film, it just it 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 seems ridiculous to me. So. Um, we'll see. We'll see if that ends up ever changing. Um, this is probably one of my least favorite categories because of that uh, unfortunate, um, that unfortunate way of of evaluating film. All right. The next category here is best original score. Once again, this is another category that is very easy to predict. It is going to be soul. Um, and there isn't really much question, uh, of if anything else really has a shot. Maybe Minari, um, could sneak in with a huge upset. Um, I would be shocked if it did. Uh, but in, in fact, I think Minari would be my pick if I were a voter. I think that's what I would vote for. Souls. Score is very good. Um, it really fits into the feel of the film. Um, and so it, it will be a worthy winner when it does win. But um, Minari would be my, my, second, uh, my second choice. Um, interesting enough, Soul and Mank are both written by uh, Trent Reznor and uh, Atticus Ross. Um, and so they have two in this category. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so they, they have a good shot at winning, um, even if Soul wasn't the odds-on favorite. But I think Mank is probably the third in this bunch, then News of the World, and then The Five Bloods. Um, the Five Bloods kind of snuck in there. I think there were probably better scores out there. I would have loved, loved, loved to see my Octopus Teacher's score um, end up in this category as it is actually my favorite score of the year and a huge reason that I love that film. Um, it is absolutely gorgeous and it just sets the tone for the entire feel of what that film is like. Um, so that probably would, would have been my, my personal favorite in this category, but go ahead and take Soul to the Bank. Um, if you're trying to win some money off of uh, betting on Oscar categories, this is a good one to bet on. The next category is visual effects. Now, visual effects is another category where um, I probably shouldn't be an expert on this category because I didn't see two of the films in here. Um, those would be The Midnight Sky and Mulan. Um, I think this is a pretty easy category to predict, uh, with Tenant being the winner, um, and uh, I don't—I really just don't see any other film actually winning this. Um, maybe The Midnight Sky ends up sneaking in for an upset, but uh, I don't think it's going to be that way. Um, 
and uh, this is tenants tenants to lose. And I, that is what I would vote for. I would vote for Tenant. Um, the special effects that they use and the visual effects that they use in this film are pretty extraordinary. Um, I would have loved to see uh, the Invisible Man make it into this category, uh, as I think the effects in that film are pretty incredible. I still probably would have voted for Tenet over that, but uh, it was a close, close second. Um, the film Loving Monsters, uh, they did a pretty good job creating the monsters and making it look like it is a part of uh, that world. Um, and the same thing goes for the one and only Ivan. Uh, the one and only Ivan is probably my um, winner for biggest tearjerker of, of the year. Um, I was pretty wrecked by watching that film. Um, and one of the reasons that is the case is because it is a very believable, uh, a very believable um the way it's displayed, it looks good. Uh, I was a little nervous. You have talking animals, and sometimes they look really bad, just bad CGI. Um, I thought, in particular, Ivan uh, looked very real, and they did an excellent job of uh, being able to connect um, the CGI with real live actors. Uh, and when you see films like this, and you see films like Love and Monsters, um, and Tenant, uh, they it makes it movies like Wonder Woman and some of these other highly CGI films look terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, and there's nothing that I hate worse than a bad CGI film. Uh, if it has bad CGI, it makes it hard for me to like any other aspect of the entire film. So um, this is an important category because I think it really sets a precedent for uh, what makes good visual effects. Um, I did not see Mulan and I did not see The Midnight Sky. Uh, I probably will at some point in time. I just didn't get it in under the wire. Uh, and I, I presume they both have pretty good visual effects, but, um, yep, Tenet's going to be the winner here, and that would be my vote. All right, our next category is best sound. All right, best sound. There is no question in my mind that this is going to go to Sound of Metal. I think that it, uh, by far and away, has the most interesting sound experience. Um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, there hasn't been anything that's been quite like it. Um, so that would be my pick. I would pick Sound of Metal here. Um, and uh, I, I don't even know that's really even worth talking about the other <laughs> four nominees. Uh, this is going to be one of those locks. Um, Mank. I think that Mank had a, has a lot to do with just the sound mixing. Um, Soul, same thing. Um, News of the World, uh, also kind of the same thing. And then Greyhound. Greyhound would actually be my second choice here um, just because you have a, a sound of being out at sea in the middle of war. Um, I think it sounded great. Um, one of the best aspects of that film is its sound. But um, we're going to make this a short category to talk about here. Uh, my pick would be Sound of Metal. Uh, it is going to be the winner. 
um, and you can take that to the bank. So that is best sound. Um, now, best production design. In best production design, um, this is also a slam dunk for the film Mank. It will be Mank's only winner out of uh, all of its nominees tonight um, for a film that had the most nominees. To have this be its only winning category um, shows that it is good in a lot of areas. It's just not uh, excellent in a lot of areas. Um, but the production design in this film is fantastic. Um, it would be my pick for best production design. Um, I think my second choice would be News of the World, but uh, I I don't think that um, don't think it has a shot. Even if even for second place, I, it's it's not going to be second place. Um, the Father, the production design in that film is very necessary to this the uh, ultimate. Um, delivery of how that film plays out. Uh, so that that is probably for many people in second or third. Um, and then Ma Rainey's Black Bottom uh, that could also potentially end up being in uh, that second slot. Um, I think that I would probably put Ma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom as my third favorite. Um, then The Father and then Tenet. Um, it's fine. It's all right. Uh, it's just kind of a big action movie uh, feel. Um, it doesn't really necessarily f feel like it fits in this category. Um, frankly, I probably would have liked to see um, a film like Promising Young Woman in here over Tenet, uh, which had very um, interesting production design. Uh, it wouldn't ever win this category, but um, I thought that it was very good. I also thought a film like Emma, Emma's production design was fantastic. I uh, would have liked to see that in this category as well. Um, but my pick, both personal and who I think is going to win, is Mank. Um, and uh, this is a pretty slam dunk category. All right, the next category is Best Makeup and Hairstyling. I think... It is going to be Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, I think that's going to be the winner. Uh, it has won up to this point, but I think there is one film that could play spoiler, and that would be Pinocchio. It's one of the films I haven't seen yet, but just looking at uh, the work done in that film, it looks pretty extraordinary. Um, I think the thing that is working against that is not a lot of people have probably seen Pinocchio. Uh, it didn't have a giant release. And uh, kind of like myself, I feel like if the Academy is going to miss out on seeing any of these films, Pinocchio is going to be toward the top of films they didn't see. Um, and, and so that's probably going to work against it a little bit. However... I do think that it has an outside shot at upsetting Ma Rainey here. Um, and because I haven't seen it, I'm not willing to pick it as my favorite. I would probably pick Hillbilly Elegy as my favorite. Um, they work The work they did on uh, Glenn Close's character is extraordinary. If you see her um, next to... 
the real person who she is playing, uh, they are they look almost identical. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible. So um, I think that Hillbilly Elegy probably would have been my pick for winning this category. Um, but it is going to be Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, um, more than likely. I, I, I'd be willing to take a chance and bet on that. Um, and with Pinocchio having an outside chance at and winning this, uh, because this does include hair too, um, I think that uh, including Mank and Emma in here as sort of period pieces, that that plays into uh, the category a little bit as well. Neither have a shot at winning. Emma felt like it maybe did at the beginning, but it just hasn't picked up any traction. Um, the hair, the hairstyles in that film are fantastic. Um, and, uh, it, it would be a worthy winner if it, if it did win, but it's just not going to, this is going to be Ma Rainey's black bottom. All right. The next category we have is film editing. All right. Film editing. This is going to be a toss up. Uh, it is essentially between two films. Um, and I think you could flip a coin. Uh, I would not be surprised if either win, and um, like I think basically each has about a 50% sh shot at winning. Uh, I am going to go with Sound of Metal as my pick here. Um, I am not confident at all in that, uh, and I think there is a great chance that the Trial of the Chicago 7 ends up being the winner here. Um, just because it is, um, it, it does have probably the most editing, um, but it, it didn't win the more accurate, uh, precursor. And so I think, um, that's the reason why I am going with Sound of Metal. Um, there also is a stat that shows that, a lot of times the winner of the best sound uh, categories, um, now that best sound is one category, that, that kind of maybe changes things a little bit. But uh, there is this uh, statistic that shows the winner of the best sound category uh, also wins best editing in a lot of instances if they are up for both awards. And for Sound of Metal, uh, it, it is up for both awards. So... Um, that is why I am picking Sound of Metal, but, uh, don't be surprised at all if it's Trial of Chicago 7, it is a pick em contest, um, and so you could pick either one, and I think have just about as good of odds of correctly picking this category. Um, my personal preference would be for The Father, uh, if not for the exquisite editing of that film uh, it would not be as successful as it was and um, it's a little understated but if you think about the way that that film plays out uh, it would be impossible for it to work if not for top-notch film editing and so that would be my personal preference um, Nomadland uh, it's because it's the best picture nominee I feel like in the best picture front runner, I feel like uh, it. That's why it's included here. To me, it probably out of the five is the one that I would rank fifth. Um, and then Promising Young Woman has good editing. Once again, it 
the editing to me doesn't uh, it, it isn't uh, award worthy. Um, there's probably some films outside of this uh, group that I would have chosen over these. Um, but like I said, The Father is my personal preference, and I think it will be Sound of Metal um, with The Trial of Chicago 7 uh, having a great chance to also win this category. So that is Best Film Editing. The next category is Costume Design. Um, costume design, I think, is going to go to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, the costumes in this film are pretty fantastic. Um, I don't think it would be my personal favorite. Uh, that would go to Emma. Um, I really thought the costumes in Emma are fantastic. The choice to use um, some bright colors uh, make it a... a give, give the film a tone that... Uh, a lot of period pieces don't have um, and so that would be my personal preference but uh, up to this point Ma Rainey's Black Bottom has has won a most of these precursors and I don't see any reason that it wouldn't win again here um, once again I haven't seen Mulan or Pinocchio but looking at those costumes they're great but uh, they they just don't have the same sort of love that these other films do um, Mank is kind of that in-between uh, film because it has been nominated for so many awards. Probably a lot of people saw it, which gives it a better shot at winning this category than, say, Mulan and Pinocchio. But uh, I think this is Ma Rainey's Black Bottoms category to win with a very, 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 very outside shot that Emma ends up winning just because uh, it hasn't up to this point. Um out of all the categories, this is another one that I think uh, probably has a, you'd have a decent shot at locking in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and winning in this category. I'd be very surprised if it were anything else. Next category is Best Cinematography. And after this category, we're going to take a quick break and come back for the big time categories. All right. So Best Cinematography. This is going to go to Nomadland, um, though it is probably not my favorite of uh, the bunch. Um, it is very great. Uh, it is a landscape cinematography uh, experience. And this often, the, the Academy loves these sorts of films. Um, it is very beautiful. Uh, and so it is a worthy winner. Um, I would have loved to see the film Pieces of a Woman get nominated here because the cinematography in that film is extraordinary. Um, and that would have been my pick for Best Cinematography of the Year. Um, out of this group... I probably would have um, chosen personally Judas and the Black Messiah as my favorite cinematography, but it's close. Um, and Manx is very good. Uh, the, tri the Trial of the Chicago 7 is probably my least favorite in this bunch, and that's the one I would have booted for Pieces of a Woman. And then News of the World also has pretty extraordinary uh, cinematography. Um, News of the World 
in Nomadland have kind of a similar feel in terms of the uh, more middle of the United States um, landscape. News of the World takes place in Texas, whereas Nomadland takes place more in the Midwest, West part of our country. Um, but uh, Nomadland is going to end up winning this category, which leaves a lot of these others kind of just sitting there as, hey, I'm glad we got nominated. Um, so Nomadland is going to win. Judas, Judas and the Black Messiah would be my pick um, if I were an Oscar voter. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back from this break, we are going to talk about our writing categories. So stay right there. All right, we are back, and we are going to go over the remaining categories for uh, tonight's Oscar ceremony and we are going to start with best adapted screenplay um, best best adapted screenplay is another category that uh, could essentially be a pick em. for a while it seemed like it was a slam dunk that Nomadland was going to win this category but in recent weeks uh, the father has really come along and uh, it has a very good shot at winning this category I am still going with Nomadland, um, but I am not overly confident in that. Um, I hope it wins uh, just on the um, kind of basis that, to me, it'd be a little bit sad for Chloe Zhao to go this entire way, only for Oscars to pull it out from under her. Um, however, with that said... Uh, the Father is my favorite out of this bunch, and so if it wins, I will be happy that it won. It just will be kind of undercut by the fact that I would have liked to see Chloe Zhao become one of the very few female writers to win in this category. Um, and we're going to talk about original screenplay here next, but... Uh, it, we would have had an opportunity, or we will have an opportunity for um, the Academy to give both writing awards to a female, which would be an incredible feat in showing that um, we are recognizing the work that women are doing in the industry. And uh, that would be a really cool, cool story to walk away from. Um, so I am per still projecting that Nomadland is going to win here. Um, my personal preference would be the father. I would have voted for the father. Um, and like I said, kind of in the same way that I'm going to feel about um, the best acting category, I have a personal favorite. I think it's the that, that uh, choice is the better choice. But um, getting caught up in kind of the feel of the award ceremony and what uh, the circuit has done up to this point. Um, there are some expectations, and uh, I don't want the joy in celebration of tonight to be ruined by having um, some spoilers win that, that uh, sort of uh, upend uh, the feel of the night. Uh, this wouldn't be as bad to me as in the best actor category. 
Um, so I think that if the father does win, um, that would be exciting because that screenplay is fantastic. I love that screenplay. Uh, it's one of my favorites of the year in either category and is very, very worthy. Um, there could be this weird uh, chance that Borat ends up coming, Borat's subsequent movie film ends up coming in and winning. Um, it did win the Writers Guild Award. Granted, uh, the Writers Guild is weird because they don't include every screenplay in there since they're a little snobbish. And unless you're a member, your uh, film is not considered. So, um, that there's an outside chance it ends up winning. Don't think it's going to. Um, it will be between The Father and Nomadland. Um, there's a lot of love for One Night in Miami. Um, and like I said, this film has kind of been forgotten. Uh, and it, it is not one of my favorites. Uh, I think it has some problems. Um, but uh, the, it, it is very worthy of being in this category. Being being adapted from a play just like the father um it i think that there is something to be said in the adapted screenplay category uh about being able to at the very least honor with a nomination films that were adapted from plays and then the white tiger uh it was an okay uh movie and uh, i haven't read the book i presume the book is much much better um and uh, so I don't know how great of an adaptation the screenplay was. Let's move on to original screenplay. Um, I think this is probably uh, a lock for Promising Young Woman, but you cannot count out Aaron Sorkin in The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, I'm a little nervous about that. Um, I don't think it should win because Promising Young Woman is my favorite screenplay out of both categories, uh, with The Father maybe being second. Um, but uh, it would be sad if Promising Young Woman didn't win here. Um, Emerald Fennell uh, winning this. That, that's kind of the slam dunk for uh, Promising Young Woman to walk away with an Oscar. Um, and so I think it's going to win here with an outside shot for the trial of the Chicago seven. Um, Minari is probably third in this bunch. Uh, and then Judas and the black Messiah and sound of metal. Um, they don't really have a shot. Um, and Judas and the black Messiah's screenplay is probably in my opinion, it's weakest point. Uh, and that's the reason that that film didn't resonate with me as much as it probably should have. Sound of Metal's screenplay is pretty dang good. I really liked it. Um, it is worthy of being in this category. Um, I would have really liked to see uh, maybe something else in there instead of Judas and the Black Messiah. Maybe even have included Palm Springs. Palm Springs um, kind of get got left out, and uh, it... It seems to be a favorite, um, and it would have been a worthy addition to this category. But uh, I think it's going to be Promising Young Woman. Um, I'm pretty close to being able to lock that in, um, but I'm a little nervous that Aaron Sorkin's Trial of the Chicago 7 could come in and spoil 
spoil the day there. I would be very sad if that happened, though. Um, not to say that it's a bad screenplay. It's just, I think, Promising Young Woman is the much better one. All right, let's talk Best Supporting Actor. Best Supporting Actor. Well, this is a funny category, um, mainly because Daniel Kaluuya, uh, he's going to win this. It's as close to a lock as you get, um, and uh, that's fine. I think it's a fantastic performance. I probably would, would have voted for it if I was an Oscar voter, simply because it's included here, but I think it really should be in the Best Actor category, along with Lakeith Stanfield, who is also nominated in this category. Um, I think they're more both dueling leads, and they should have been in that category instead of this one. Um, but it is what it is, and Daniel Kaluuya is going to win, uh, and that is who would have received my votes. He, vote. He is very, very good in this film. Um, my second choice would be Paul Racy. I really wish that uh, this could have been his category um, and he would have had an opportunity to win this. He is absolutely fantastic in Sound of Metal. Um, it's a beautiful performance. It's kind of what this category is all about. Um, and uh, yeah, I have all the love in the world for Paul Racy's performance in this film. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen probably is has the second best chance of winning over Daniel Kaluuya, um, but it's just not going to happen for the trial of the Chicago Seven. And then Leslie Odom Jr., uh, he is quite good in One Night in Miami. Um, just the fact he's nominated here is kind of the way of honoring him. I think that uh, giving him best song, it might be a way to still give him, him an Oscar despite the fact that uh, he's not going to win here. And then, like I said, Lakeith Stanfield. It's a good performance. Uh, I don't know that it really belongs um, in this bunch. I think there probably are better supporting performances out there. Um, and I would have liked to have seen somebody like um, uh, Shia LaBeouf in Pieces of a Woman here. Or... Um, Bo Burnham in Promising Young Woman. Uh, I think either of those performances would have been better in this slot than Lakeith Stanfield. Um, but it is what it is. doesn't really matter because Daniel Kaluuya is going to win this uh, Oscar. All right, Best Supporting Actress. Um, a while back, it seemed like this was going to be a very difficult uh, category to project. Um, it's going to be Yoon Young Jung and for Minari, and it's going to be a very worthy winning performance. She would receive my vote um, if I were an Oscar voter. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's what it's going to be. Um, my my second pick here, if anybody is going to upset. I feel like there is an outside chance that Glenn Close ends up winning here. Um, this might be the Oscars way of finally giving her an Oscar. Her performance is very good in a movie that's okay. Um, I didn't hate it like a lot of critics uh, did. I think it has a lot of problems. Um, it's just not as interesting of a movie as it could have been. And... Um, so that, that probably hurts her quite a bit. 
Um, as much love as there's been for Maria Bakalova for Borat subsequent movie film, I just don't think she's going to win this. Um, I think there's a better shot that Glenn Close will win over her. Um, but this is, I believe, Yoon, Yoon Jung's Oscar, and um, that will be a great celebration when she does end up winning for this role. Uh, Amanda Seyfried's good in Mank. Um, I don't think it's anything to write home about. Um, and Olivia Coleman is great as always. Uh, I think she's very worthy of being in this category. Um, but she is definitely not going to win, especially considering she won just a few years back. Um, but go ahead and I, I am pretty confident that Yoon Young Jung is going to win and you can take that to the bank. Now, here is the category um, that I think could bring the most pain to the entire night if it doesn't go the way that I am predicting it will go. But um, it, it may be shifting. So, best actor. I am predicting that Chadwick Boseman is going to end up winning this. He turned in an amazing performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, he has won most of the precursors. And this is going to be the Academy's last opportunity to honor him. Since he is no longer with us. It would make me devastatingly sad if he ends up losing this. With his family likely there to accept the nomination on behalf of him. Um, the fact that he has waltzed through most of award season winning this category. Even though this performance isn't my favorite performance of the year. I am rooting for it to win. My favorite performance of the year is Anthony Hopkins. He just won the BAFTA a couple weeks ago. And this is the best performance of the year. I am nervous that a lot of other people are going to feel the same way. And they're going to end up voting for him. And he's going to end up stealing this Oscar from Chadwick Boseman. And it's a weird, weird situation because my heart says Anthony Hopkins deserves to win this this Oscar, but I will be devastated if he does. Um, I will probably, I, I honestly will probably cry either way if Chadwick Boseman wins or loses, just because uh, it will be an emotional moment um, if he wins. But uh, I will be just sad if he loses. Um, shows you the sort of investment that I, <laughs> I have in the Oscars. Uh, I think Riz Ahmed is probably a very, very distant third. Um, and then the other two, Stephen Yun for Minari and Gary Oldman for Mank, really are, don't have any shot in this category. Um, Riz Ahmed just won the Spirit Award for Independent Film. For Sound of Metal, um, and that's kind of his the way of the way of the uh, community honoring him 
for his fantastic performance. But um, this is going to be between Chadwick Boseman and Anthony Hopkins. My personal preference is Anthony Hopkins. Um, but I hope, I hope to God Chadwick Boseman wins. And I am predicting that he will end up winning in this category. Um, and I think that that about sums up exactly how I feel about, uh, about this category. Now, in contrast, you have Best Actress, which is a category where I honestly, I look at this category and I am, I don't think that there has ever been a category where I loved every single one of the performances included. Every single one of them. And I could make an argument for every single one of them winning the Oscar. Um, that's pretty special. On top of the fact that out of the four main precursors, you had a different winner in each one. That's also extremely incredible. This category is impossible. Impossible to predict. And if I end up predicting the winner, it will be out of complete luck. I am going with Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan is my preference if I had to choose between the, the five. But I could make an argument for any of them winning with maybe the exception of Vanessa Kirby because she has not won up to this point. But she would be my second choice if I were to rank which ones that I wanted. Uh, Vanessa Kirby is fantastic in Pieces of a Woman, um, and that being my favorite film of the year, uh, it would be pretty ridiculous for me to say that uh, I would not rank her up there toward the top. Um, but Carrie Mulligan is Carrie's promising young woman in a way that none of these other actresses do with maybe the exception well I, I think they all do a pretty good job of carrying the film with maybe the exception of Viola Davis um and that I, it just it's just an extraordinary performance in a pretty courageous role um and so I'm hopeful that she ends up winning uh the reason I am Going with this is because there is such a split. Um, the one precursor that makes it hard to truly uh, use this year is the BAFTA. And it's because the way they did BAFTAs this year, they had a committee that chose the nominees. And it was a small committee. And so when you only have a handful of people who are in on that decision then you're not going to get a true representation of who the, the British Academy actually thought was the best performance. So even though they gave the award to Frances McDormand, my gut, and this is obviously based on nothing but gut, is that if Carrie Mulligan had had the opportunity to be voted in, she would have been nominated, and I believe she would have won this category. The film won Best British Film. The screenplay won Best Screenplay. I think they would have given it to Carey Mulligan. And in the case that they would have done that, it probably would have been, she probably would have been the easy front runner to win this award tonight. Um, and so um, I think 
<laughs> you know, it seems like to me the safest bet. My second choice for who they would probably go for is Viola Davis. She won the SAG, um, and that is part of our voting body here. And so it gives us probably the best uh, indication as to how voters are going to vote. Um, so I would not be surprised at all if she ends up winning. Uh, my third is Andra Day. For whatever reason, the Academy loves uh, biographical performances. Last year, awarding um, Renee Zellweger for Judy, playing Judy Garland. Uh, Andra Day is fantastic in the United States versus Billie Holiday. I think the one thing going against her is that people didn't really like the film. It's an okay film, um, but her performance is fantastic. She is amazing in this film. Um, and I think I'd put her third. Frances McDormand, I would put fourth. And it's not because her performance is uh, bad by any means or is uh, inferior to these others. It's simply because she has more recently won the Academy Award. And I just think that when all of these other performances are so great that the Academy is not going to give her another Oscar here. In many, many years, um, Frances McDormand probably walks away with this Oscar. Uh, she is Carrie's uh, Nomadland. Um, it's pretty much a one-woman show the whole way through anyway, and it's a kind of understated performance, um, but she is magnificent. Um, so this category is going to be the one that I am just on the edge of my seat all night uh, to see who ends up actually winning this award. It's going to have the most drama out of any award tonight. Um, and uh, my hope is that it does go to Carrie Mulligan. And I am going to project that she does end up winning this category. All right. Move on to Best Director. Okay, we've got two more left. This is one of the few locks that uh, we know with almost 100% certainty that Chloe Zhao is going to win this award. Um, if anybody else does, it will be a complete and utter shock. Um, I don't know that I can even really put any of the other directors into second place because uh, any of them winning this would be a something terrible, terrible <laughs> happened. Um and it probably means that we would have an upset for Best Picture as well. Um, I think a lot of things are going to have to go different up to this point for Chloe Zhao not to win this. Um, this is about as locky lock as it gets. Uh, so you can take Chloe Zhao to the bank as the winner. Um, out of this bunch, I honestly would probably have voted for Emerald Fennell. Um, her direction in Promising Young Woman is amazing. Uh, it would be with a close second to David Fincher. And then I'd probably pick Chloe Zhao. Um, Thomas Vandenberg for another round is probably my last choice. Lee Isaac Chung for Minari is also very good. Um, it's a good, it's a good bunch. Uh, I think this is a good bunch of directors. Um, I think they're all worthy of being here. 
but my pick would be Emerald Fennell. Uh, my personal pick would be, and then Chloe Zhao uh, is going to win this category. Now, let's talk best picture. Best picture. Nomadland is going to win. It's going to be the way it is. Um, I think there's a lot, especially in more recent years, where you've had a surprise come in and win best picture. Um, there's some folks that want to get cute and project, predict something else is going to end up winning. If things do go different, it, it will be the trial of the Chicago seven that has the second best shot, but it's not going to happen. Uh, Nomadland is going to win this thing. Um, my personal pick would be promising young woman, uh, as you're going to find out here in a minute. It's my second favorite film of the year. Um, but uh, it's not going to win. It's not going to end up winning uh, best best picture. Uh, this is Nomadland. So if I was an Oscar voter, this is the category where you have to rank them as your personal preference, um, and then the winner has to be a consensus. Uh, so it has to be essentially toward the top in most people's ballots because. If you do not have a consensus, then they go and they drop the film that has the least amount of votes. And if that was your number one vote, they go to your second one. And so it's preferential voting. Um, so my preference would be Promising Young Woman would be number one. Sound of Metal would be number two. Number three would be The Father. Number four would be Nomadland. Number five would be Minari. Number six would be Mank. Number seven would be Judas and the Black Messiah. And number eight would be The Trial of the Chicago Seven. So those would be my preferences, my preferential ballot if I were an Oscar voter. Um... But we're not going to have a very dramatic final prize tonight. It is going to be Nomadland. Uh, it's a worthy winner. Um, may not be as exciting of a film as some of the more recent ones like Parasite. Um, but uh, it's a very well done movie. It has some pretty important things to say about uh, the, the status of our country. And um, it, it will be a worthy winner. I have no problem with Nomadland winning the Oscar for Best Picture. So, in order to kind of close out our Oscar show today and get us ready for um, tonight, my top 10 films uh, that were included as films that potentially could have been nominated for Academy Awards. That's how I'm basing this. Uh, it makes it a little easier because otherwise there's too much confusion about what uh, qualifies for 2020, what qualifies for 2019, what qualifies for 2021. This year in particular made it more confusing. But in past years, I have had a hard time of putting together a list um, that is stays consistent. And so... Um, from here on out, I am going to use the Academy's list of films that uh, qualify for 
Um, Oscars, like I said when I was talking about the international films, um, some of the international films are not uh, Oscar eligible for other categories. And so I am not including them in this, this list. There were 363 titles that could qualify for um, Oscar eligibility. Uh, I believe that I saw 66 of them. So that turns out to be almost, we're getting to almost about 20% of the movies that were eligible I was able to see this year. Um, so, without further ado, here is my top 10 uh, favorite films of the 2020 Oscar uh, celebrated films. Um, my number 10 film was Another Round, uh, and I think it's going to end up winning an Oscar tonight. Um, pretty cool. You can check that one out on Hulu. Number nine is animated film Soul, which you will be able to see on Disney+. Plus. Uh, number eight is my Octopus Teacher documentary that you can watch on Netflix. Number seven is Minari. Minari is, uh, you would have to rent that, um, but you can rent it on any of the streaming platforms, YouTube, Amazon, um, any place that you, you rent films. Number six is Nomadland. Nomadland, you can watch on Hulu, and this is going to be our best picture of the 2020 um, film calendar. Number five is The Painter and the Thief. This is a documentary. Should have been included in a lot more of the, uh, the award categories. Uh, I would have maybe liked to see it in the foreign film category. I would have liked to see it in the documentary category. Um, but it is my favorite documentary of the year and was number five on my top 10 list. Number four is The Father. Um, the Father, you would have to rent on a streaming platform. Um, but uh, it, it is a pretty incredible film. Uh, number three is Sound of Metal. And Sound of Metal is available on Amazon Prime. Highly recommend seeing that film. Uh, number two is Promising Young Woman. Also a film that you would have to rent. Um, and out of all of the Best Picture nominees, this is my favorite. It would be my preference to win Best Picture. And then number one is Pieces of a Woman. And Pieces of a Woman can be found on Netflix. Uh, it is a challenging watch. Um, but it is incredible in almost every aspect of the film. So that is my top 10 films for the year of 2020. We are ready to put this year to bed and uh, move on to our 2021 awards calendar. Uh, my initial plan was to take this upcoming week off uh, in order to kind of reset myself for the following week and starting into what essentially in my viewpoint is like season two of the Real Marathon podcast. Uh, now that we have closed up the book on this year's uh, films, um, it is time to start looking forward. With that said, I think I may do a short podcast this upcoming week that previews what I believe to be the 
10 films that are most likely to get nominated for Best Picture next year. Um, obviously, it's a shot in the dark because we just don't know. But uh, it will allow me to highlight some films that I think have a good shot of being included in the conversation and talk about uh, some films that I'm looking forward to seeing in this upcoming year. When we come back from uh, this little break to really start our, our new season uh, on May 9th, which is Mother's Day, uh, I will be having a co-host. Um, and the hope is that that co-host will be um, with me for the remainder of this podcast and it will change the dynamic of how we operate. Um, and I'm really excited about uh, that, that new opportunity and the direction that the Real Marathon podcast ha will go. Um, I want to thank all of my listeners for uh, bearing with me as I am figuring out this world of podcasting um, and letting me experiment a little bit and sometimes being a little bit raw. Uh, we are going to continue to try to make this podcast better, um, have some higher production value, and I am very much looking forward to seeing where uh, this program goes and continuing to share with you my passion uh, as I look for um, some catharsis in the world that is often weighed down by um, a lot of depressing things. Uh, so we, we are going to continue to make these podcasts as a way to celebrate joy in life. And thank you for going on this journey with me. I hope you enjoy tonight's show. Um, be looking to see my commentary on both Twitter and on Facebook. Um, and until next time, have a great week. Thank you.